do a mic check. She. Yeah. Okay, that's no, probably good. No, we're good. We're good. Yeah. I'll delete this later. Nah, keep it. Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Manny. And we're going to switch things up a little bit. We're not going to jump into anime headlines first today. I mean, we normally don't. We just talk about our weekends. That's true. That's true. But So it's not the first thing we jump into. Yes and no, because yes, I'm going to talk about my weekend, but it's going to be a bigger chunk than normal. But it's not the first thing we jump into as anime. I'd like to think we walk to it, but... <laughs> yes. All right. But yes, I had my road trip part two. Part two? Yeah, I went back to Arkansas, unfortunately. You went back to Mordor? Yeah, basically, man, basically. So this trip was actually to drop off my dad's car. He's had it parked here for, well, since he left. <laughs> yep, I do remember that. Yeah, so this time, because, you know, we're in a car gonna move a lot faster we're gonna you know we didn't have a deadline to meet when we left last time we had the deadline to meet you know yes um an 18 wheeler a crane operator we had some stuff to do over there (laughs) so this time we just had the car which means we can kind of chill a little bit and this was me uh my sister which was useless anyways because she can't drive stick Ooh, yeah well and my brother-in-law he couldn't drive stick either? No, he could. Oh, okay. He could. So me and him were the drivers for the trip. So, yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but it seems like every time I want to take off on a road trip, I'm going to break down. <laughs> <laughs> where, where was the first breakdown? Uh, Cajon Pass, of course. Ooh. Yeah. At what time of the day? Oh, dude, like 3 o'clock, the hottest part of the day. Yeah, that that little car gave up on... uh, Well, I mean, it was like 105 degrees. We were in traffic, and we were going uphill, basically, on the Cone Pass, (laughs) obviously, right? Wait, what car was this again? This is a Toyota Matrix. Huh, okay. So, yeah, that fucking sucked. We we pulled off to the side, called AAA, and I had already figured out what was wrong. It was pretty simple to figure out. Cause there was no bursted hose or nothing. It didn't. I didn't see any major leaks. And then I just uh, we just started the car, turned on the AC, and watched the fan. And the fan wasn't turning on. Mm. So we plopped off a bunch of relays, you know, from fog lights to horns to anything else that fits in that same plug to see if we can if it was a bad relay. And the relays look good anyways, but we just swapping them out just in case, you know. And nothing was turning the fan on. Luckily, um, we were able to hear it kind of like jerk for a second, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's when we noticed when we looked at it, the fan was actually off the motor. Like it had broken off the motor. (laughs) Which also, by the way, you know, you had messaged me safe travels <laughs> I guess. and i think that was almost exactly when i was like huh the ac is not feeling very cold right now and then i look down and it starts overheating uh so thanks manny thanks <laughs> i plead the fifth but yeah that that was kind of weird <laughs> but super simple fix it just sucks that you know we were in traffic and 
on the Cajon Pass where the next exit wasn't for... Yeah, you were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it, it wasn't for three or four miles up the hill, you know what I mean? So the next exit was literally in, what is that, Victorville or Hesperia? That's first? Hesperia, I would say. Hesperia? Okay. So, and then AAA, normally fucking awesome and lifesavers, you know what I mean? Like, I've never really had a bad experience with AAA. But I guess for where I was at, I was just past the, I think it's Kenwood exit. Mm Mm-hmm. Then after the Kenwood exit is when the hill kind of starts getting steep, and then it has a turn, yes. and it gets steep again, you know? And then you finally plateaus, and you start going downhill. Yes. So apparently because I was past that Kenwood exit, there was, like, territories where some tow trucks don't go to. Huh. And when I called AAA, they told me Chino's towing, or Chino towing was going to come get me. And, you know, by... 645 or something and 645 came and went i called chino's towing they said they didn't have any record of our call (laughs) i called triple a and the guy's telling me that i'm off the next exit and i'm like no 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 i'm just you know i'm just after kenwood and he starts looking at he goes oh i see what happened i guess there's like a border territory and when they sent it to chino's towing chino's towing doesn't cover that area past kenwood Mm. like they don't do jobs out that way i guess so what is this like gerrymandering for towing companies i it's territories bro don't don't be impeding on my on my turf (laughs) (laughs) gotta rep that shit yeah so i was kind of i was upset dude i was pissed because we were in that fucking hot ass car this whole time you know and at this point it's like seven something you know so I told him, like, okay, well, you know, if I wouldn't have called, how long would it have taken before we would have got a tow? <laughs> and at that point, I was super annoyed, and traffic was dying down. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to fucking drive it to AutoZone. <laughs> we had already called what AutoZone, like, had the part. Because yeah. we were going to lie to AAA and tell them we were taking it to, like, a repair shop at a Firestone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we're just going to walk across the street to an auto zone and fix it anyways. Because they won't take you to an auto zone. Yeah. So traffic died down. We drove it to auto zone. And I, it took me like 10 minutes to swap out that fan. Okay. But it kind of killed our plans. Because like I said, this was supposed to be more of a leisurely trip. <laughs> so we were going to do kind of like a detour uh, to Vegas. When exactly did you break down? At what time of the day? It was like 3.30, 3.45 maybe. And what time did you finally continue back onto the road? Oh, dude, it was like 7.30 maybe. So about four hours worth of travel just gone. Just gone. That is a huge delay. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's so much traffic going up that Cajon Pass, dude. Yes. Like, I couldn't drive it until I knew I was going to have momentum and keep momentum going, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that killed four hours, basically, right? And like I said, we had planned to go to Vegas. We were going to do a detour and kind of enjoy a night in Vegas, drink, do some gambling, whatever, and then rest up for the actual long drive, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Man, we should have just skipped Vegas. (laughs) Did you guys still go? We still went. (laughs) Oh, shit. I wouldn't have done that after just wasting four hours there. 
I mean, we had already paid the hotel, and mm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. We we should have just went home and just restarted the next day. <laughs> it's not like we were that far from home, you know? That's true. But so, we ended up going to Vegas. At what time did you get to Vegas? Oh, like midnight. Ooh. Yeah. By that point, we were sitting in the car all sweaty, like, nah. I, I just went to the room, showered, and went to sleep. I mean, what else can you do? Well, my brother-in-law went to gamble. That's what I would do? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I told him, I was like, hey, with the luck we had today, I wouldn't have done that. (laughs) He lost his money like within an hour and he was back in the room. (laughs) Sounds like me. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick spurt, but he was, he got a couple drinks in him, I guess. Yeah. Last time I went to Vegas, I lost big. Really? How big? Well, big in my sense. I know other people have probably lost bigger, but... Uh, 800. Oh, shit. That is big. Within the span of two days. I mean, Elisa was spread out. I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. So, that was our first leg of the trip. Um, after that, I started the first uh, long drive, since I'm used to getting up early. And we got, we drove through to Amarillo, Texas. Oh, so my cousin's hometown. Really? That's where my, if you remember, I had some cousins over a few weeks ago from Texas. They're from Amarillo. Oh, really? Yep. Hey, tell them their town smells. They know. They know. (laughs) (laughs) They know. I could, dude, that town smells so bad. Like, everything, the air, everything there smells. I I was kind of like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. That's gross. Yeah, but we stopped there for, uh, for the first night's rest and hoteled there. And then finally did the last leg to Arkansas. Okay. No more problems. The car ran fine the whole rest of the way. But, uh, you know, I, I logged everything, right, to log how, how much time it takes to get there, where we went. Obviously, it's not a super accurate because we detoured to Vegas and left from there. But, interestingly enough, there's only about a two-hour difference from the amount of time we left California and got to uh, Arkansas mm-hmm. for this trip as we did in the RV. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. And the RV was nonstop driving. I would no not doubt it. No hoteling and sleeping. That was kind of depressing. I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we did that trip and... Uh, Kind of spent some time with my pops and helped him situate some things over there, you know? But uh interesting thing is that we took a trip to Missouri, which okay. is just north of there. Yes. He's only like 20 minutes from the border. Oh, okay. And uh, we were going over there to purchase a, a, a mobile home. And, dude, okay, like... A lot of the area is very ho-bunk and empty, but I had never seen as ho-bunk and empty as this, dude. <laughs> like, holy crap. I think we passed a, a town that literally had population of, like, 456. <laughs> Shit. And I had, like, no cell service all throughout that area. Really? Nothing, dude. Nothing. They want to give us, like, 5G connection, but they can't give us more connection widespread. I mean, are they really going to put 
I don't know how much those towers cost. How many thousands and thousands of dollars those towers cost? I mean, like how much for money what, they make? Four hundred people. <laughs> I mean, they're not missing a huge market. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it it was it was super weird. But so you know, my first car that I really kind of like modified and built. Yes, uh, your Caprice wagon was my Caprice wagon. Kind of created the soft spot for my wagons, right? Mm-hmm. So we were driving, and I see one off to the side. Ooh. Yeah, it's off to the side, and it has, like, some crazy livery on it. It looks like it's attached to a giant pig, and then that pit pig is attached to a medium pig and then a small pig. Like, it's towing it in a chain. Oh, okay. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, But, uh, you know, uh, we, were, we were on a mission to go somewhere. So I was like, on the way back, I want to stop and take a picture of that shit. So... We start driving on the way back, and and remember where we're at. Like, in the middle of nowhere, these towns have no people. Like, it is miles between any gas station, McDonald's, shit ton of Dollar Generals. Like, they own the fucking South, bro. They do. They own the South. They do. everywhere. But anyways, still miles between them, and, like, I was making the jokes that, like, Whenever their buildings collapse, they just move a little bit and build another one and leave the dilapidated building there. And, like, you see that everywhere, dude. So this is where we're at, right? On our way back, I stop where that Caprice is at to go take a picture of the wagon. Just, you know, a little reminiscence for me, right? So me and my dad stop, take some pictures or whatever. And I was like, wait a minute, what even is this thing anyways? And, you know, we kind of thought it was like a barbecue spot, like the pigs on the oh, being towed or like those okay. barrel smokers, you yes. know what I mean? You've seen those before, yes. right? Yeah, nope. In the middle of this fucking 500 population town, and the building was big. The building was huge. It was probably one of the biggest, nicest buildings in that area because mm-hmm. everything else was run down trailers and yeah. a couple of sprinkled really huge fucking houses. Mm-hmm. It was a strip club. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how. Was it Peppermint Hippo? No, it wasn't Peppermint <laughs> Hippo. <laughs> no, no, no. But I don't, I'm just trying to, like, I'm baffled by it. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing around. These motherfuckers are going over there and basically probably seeing their daughter and their daughter's friends <laughs> over there, you know? It is the South. I could be cousins, you're right. <laughs> it just baffled me how big the building was and that it was sitting there in the middle of nowhere where there was there wasn't a coffee shop, Manny. You want a coffee? No, but we got titties. Like <laughs> They don't have anything in that little fucking town, but they got this giant strip club. Oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> So I do have pictures of the wagon. I'll show them to you. Maybe I'll post them on the page later. <laughs> just, rem- just remember to blur out the nudity parts. No, it's outside. <laughs> I know. I know. No, this I is like middle of jokes. the day because we actually did this because I my flight left uh, in the afternoon, like evening. Mm-hmm. We actually did this in the morning before Ooh. I left. Yeah, we were we were busting missions the whole trip, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was fucking funny. Uh, other than that. Good trip. Flew back. 
I hate airplanes. Every time I get in one, I, f- I fucking hate it. <laughs> but it was a good overall trip, and I think I got a better benchmark. You know, I'm pretty sure we can make better time leaving from my house rather than going to Vegas. Yes. So I don't think the drive is actually that bad. It shouldn't be too bad, especially if you're doing it during the week. Weekends, you're going to get more worse traffic, especially trying to get to Vegas first. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I only really hit traffic maybe two or three times, one of them being like a car accident. Mm. It was kind of funny because uh, you can tell, I think it was in Oklahoma where I got some pretty thick traffic. You can tell they don't know how to drive in traffic, man. <laughs> like, I know California drivers are shitty, too, but you, you you go to the south where there's no population and then you get a little bit of traffic. They absolutely don't know what zippering is. <laughs> uh, I think the only time they ever think about zippering is when a tornado comes into play. Maybe, maybe. Creepy. It, and I wish I would have recorded it, is they do... You saw that, Llorona? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, they do tornado warnings, like practice ones. Yes. To uh, make sure I, the system's going. That I do know. Uh, one time stayed over in Texas with my family, and uh, I think, and I do remember one night they were doing a, a warning system test. Yeah, so over there they do it noon on Saturdays. I had no fucking idea that they were going to do this or what it was and they were you know my dad and my sister were handling something else i was kind of like watching the dogs and whatnot and it just starts going off i'm like what the fuck is that out <laughs> for a second i was like are, are we in the purge is, <laughs> are we about to purge over here i don't know man i'm outnumbered i'm the only brown one in that city <laughs> i mean if i went you would have been alone Actually, I say that as a joke just because I know, I it's, know. you know, uh, minorities here are super, super minority over yes, there. Yes, But my dad's neighbor is actually Hispanic. Oh, okay. And darker than you. Shit. Yeah. He's, he's sure he's had a rough life. <laughs> but overall, good trip. The The tornado siren did freak me out (laughs) didn't know what the fuck that was but uh i think leaving from here is gonna be a lot easier next time Mm. when i go back to uh register all my cars over there right 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 why i don't know (laughs) well if i end up keeping all of them but it seems it seems like it's going to be pretty easy to register out there. Okay. So I'm guessing you looked at more into it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super fucking simple. Okay. Super not bad. Simple. Not bad. Yeah. So I'll I'll probably be registering them out there. Hell yeah. Yeah, that'll be the goal. <laughs> but anyways, that was the road trip part two, Manny. Road trip part two, and. With that, with that road trip part two, I want to like bring up a subject um, that actually goes into your road trip, basically. All right. And that is the rumor that we talked about, which was the mileage tax. Okay, the mileage tax. Yeah. Yeah, so the mileage tax was basically 
kind of introduce nothing set in stone because it still needs to get passed through a bunch of phases. But it's kind of working its way towards being in- introduced into the infrastructure bill that President Biden is pushing for, correct? Yes, correct. So this it will have to go through a pilot program mm-hmm. first and then report its findings to Congress to see if it's even going to be feasible. Mm-hmm. And this is actually being uh, introduced by the Secretary of Transportation. That's mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg. You remember mm-hmm. him from yes. the primaries and stuff, mm-hmm. right? So he's kind of pushing this through and... Basically, so the idea is... The idea is um, we have the federal tax uh, tax uh, federal tax federal re- revenue that they get from uh, gas, uh, gas fuel taxes and everything, fossil fuel taxes. Every time we go to the gas station, a certain percentage goes towards federal, while another percentage goes towards the states. Now, 18.4 cents a gallon. That was introduced in, I think, in 1993, correct? Yeah. It hasn't actually changed since Exactly. So if it actually went up with inflation, it would be around $0.34, cents, if correct. correct. So the idea is with the infrastructure bill that Joe Biden, President Joe Biden is trying to introduce, that by 2030, every new car sales would have to be electrical. Kind of, it is kind of aggressive, uh, pushing it really this fast for, especially for EV. But we'll have to see how this plays out because we're also seeing that EV is actually making some really good accomplishments as well. Yeah, well, it's also just kind of like with any goal. Mm -hmm. With any goal, you kind of shoot super high to push industry to go as far as it could possibly go. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean it's ever going to meet what that actual goal is, just what is feasible for industry to get mm-hmm. to. So with the rising number of electric vehicles, EVs, and other alternative fuel vehicles on the road, less people are actually going to the gas stations. So what does that mean? Less tax revenue from fossil fuel taxes. So, of course, like the government always wants to do, is find other ways to make revenue off and take money away from us. And what this introduced by the secretary of the, uh, the DOT is to basically have a tax on the mileage you drive annually. Correct. So basically, every uh, the idea is annually you have to report how many miles you have driven and basically pay a tax on per mile. Yeah, and... The, the bill kind of like notes that it can be tracked through OBD2 devices, um, OEM collected telematic data, insurance company information, and smartphone apps. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they got several ways. I'm assuming for people like me that are already eyeballing the Fox body, like you, OBD1, <laughs> they can't prove nothing. <laughs> I got the El Camino. There is nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> it's all straight pipe and fucking mufflers. That's it. Right. But uh, basically, any, any way that, you know, uh, Pete Buttigieg considers appropriate, right? Because mm-hmm. he, he's, he's heading this as the Secretary of Transfer- Transportation. Yes. Now, however, with this whole rumor, well, I guess we're going to still keep calling it a rumor because nothing is set in stone at the moment. But with this whole situation, it also contradicts already another form of legislature that Joe Biden has already set in stone, correct? Well, 
So, so it's not a le- uh, piece of legislation. My, my, I'm having a stroke on my words right now. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> so, so basically, this is something that Biden has kind of uh, blanketed out. You know, like he mm-hmm. kind of made a statement, kind of saying this is kind of his plan and what he wants and what he expects. Right. Yes. And basically, they put out these plans to let Congress know and let his cabinet know. Don't bring me stuff that'll cross this because. I'll just veto it. This way they can already kind of write legislation or write bills that or, they know or, confide or, within his parameters. Or just override his veto without even going towards the veto. Oh, you know they don't have the balls for that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so uh, Biden's red line for tax hikes is actually um, it, it's actually something that he's not trying to do for anybody making less than 400000 Mm-hmm. Now, he his administration has already rejected a bunch of calls for raising taxes on fuel. On fuel, yes. On fuel, and this was just as recently as this June, this past June, you know, like what was that 2 months ago? Yes. Just as recently as 2 months ago. So, it's weird that he's still kind of trying to push this through. You know, I'm sure he's trying to do some convincing, hopefully uh Biden's red line thing will kind of stick to their guns there and they can adjust it somewhere else because obviously there's plenty of areas they can do that, you know? Yes. They could fund the IRS, for instance, and actually audit, you know, high income earners. Yes. But, you know, obviously lobbying and whatnot is going to take precedent, so we'll see what ends up happening with that. It's, it's, It's more than likely, but okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to find a way around it. So another another thing that also would like help define how the tax rate would work would be a, a basically like year year make and model of the car and also the weight as well also. So in terms of like commercial vehicles and bigger heavy equipment, their tax rates would also be a much higher rate just because of more wear and tear towards the roads and infrastructure. Yes. And <clears throat> the early discussions of this is basically looking at 8.1 cents a mile. So obviously, the more you drive, the more it's going to impact, right? Yes. But again, all this kind of seems like a kind of loose numbers and everything. We'll see what ends up getting through through the final bill and actually getting solidified in this. But either way, it seems like Buttigieg will have to do a pilot into this and report results to Congress to see if it's even something that's feasible. Mm-hmm. So, if we're going to do some, like, some math right now, you said that was 8.1 cents per mile? Yeah. So, let's say we do an average of 5,000 miles annually. So Who the five fuck drives 5,000 miles annually? Let's say 5,000 miles annually. Lucky, okay. I mean, that's what I did with the Mustang last year. You don't. You work at home, Manny. My that doesn't, hey, that hey, doesn't hey, count. My commute is very tiring. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say five thousand miles annually. That is where by eight point one cents per mile. That is actually. Huh. I don't know if I did that right. Wait. No. Yeah. Uh. Four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. Got it. Plus the six hundred to renew the registration word well registration is california i know that's a, that's a that's a whole separate thing i know I, I just wanted to bring it up well 
I'll be paying less for your Arkansas registration. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's kind of where that's at for sure. Mm-hmm. So let me, I know we have like a schedule on the board and whatnot, but I'm going to shift us into something else again. Okay. So this is a uh, drunk driving part two. Ooh. So, so what was it last week? I talked about the Tesla. I think it was last week. Okay. So did you see one in Vegas? No, no. <laughs> so this actually has to do with another mandate from Congress. Ooh. So this again is being proposed in the infrastructure package. Oh, you know, affecting okay. cars again. And it's basically trying to push for technology to be integrated into the cars to detect when you're drunk. Oh, I did hear about that. You did? I, I, I saw something, but I didn't really pay attention to it. Okay. Well, the article itself doesn't have a ton, a ton of meat on the bones. Mm-hmm. And I was really trying to see if they're just putting breathalyzers in there. Because how hilarious would that be if like you're trying to buy a new car... And they're giving you a stick to blow in. <laughs> Your car is like basically like a, one of those jump houses, but like you have to like manually blow it to like activate it. Oh, dude, can you imagine how much used cars will jump up in prices if they if this went through with a breathalyzer? Yes. Not because anybody wants to even drunk drive, just because nobody's gonna want to fucking deal with that. Exactly. But no, that's not what they're talking about doing. Which, that's why I kind of wanted to scroll through it and figure out, okay, well, how the fuck are they detecting it? So, apparently, they have some stuff that they've, uh, even Nissan has actually introduced as a concept. I'm going to assume it's like the computer analyzing how your driving patterns are, correct? No. 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 Apparently, it's putting sensors in the steering wheel, the shifter, and detecting your... uh, Basically, your sweat, like your humidity, the and fuck? detecting alcohol in it. So, it's still not a breathalyzer, but it's still... No. Another one is actually um, monitoring the air. If there's actually air, like humid air, in the cabin that has alcohol in it. Like if you're breathing out alcohol and shit. Mm. So, it's actually pretty interesting the way they're trying to get... I mean, it's creative, obviously. So, like it's a climate-controlled system that will detect alcohol properties. Yes. Huh. And another one, which I thought was the most fucking hilarious, is if you got a stank face. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to put cameras in it. They're going to put cameras that you know, monitor your you face d- to see if you're fucking making the stank face. You know damn well, like, everybody else in the United States, or I hope so, that that, like get scared of the government spying and they'll just put like fucking tape over the fucking camera i mean if they make it obvious where it's I at know. that's you true know what i mean that is true that's the whole point is to not have it you know bypassable but i mean if you're just fucking ugly then you're screwed <laughs> <laughs> or if you imagine just having a restless face bitch or a restless bitch face <laughs> god damn i really have had a stroke today basically but I just thought that'd be so fucking funny because you know those things are going to be glitching <coughs> and somebody sober is going to walk in there with a fucked up face or something. <laughs> uh, that was me a few weeks ago. God damn. You make the stank face on the regular, Manny? Uh, the, the, it was, it was, let's just say it was just a, a night full of tequila and the next morning wasn't pretty. 
mean, I hope you weren't driving, but goddamn. No, I was not <laughs> okay, driving, okay, okay. but... Uh, yeah, no. All right, all right. Well, yeah, so that's a new one that they're talking about. If it goes through, they're planning to implement it in about three years. Okay. So that's another one that I found kind of interesting, and especially how they're trying to like get around not having a breathalyzer. In there. Mm. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Mainly, and especially with the other part with like how you talked about um, how the climate control systems or like some sort of like sensors that will pick up alcoholic properties in the air. Um, one of the reasons why I would say this is because. There are people that actually are naturally build up from, uh, fermenta- fermentation in their bodies that will make them fail breathalyzer tests, alcohol uh, presence tests, everything, and not once have they ever consumed alcohol. I don't know if you've heard of that before. No, I haven't. So there's certain things that they that people will eat also that will ferment in their stomachs and cause like breathalyzers again to show that they're drunk but they've never actually drank a sip of alcohol interesting no i've never heard of that yeah so i i've heard about that i've seen some articles about uh people that get in trouble have gotten in trouble with the law but they had medical reasons to prove that they never drank alcohol in the first place so well see if they have medical reasons i'm sure they can use that same documentation to have it disabled yeah no, of course it's just a weird situation where like i wonder how that could play towards people that are like that I mean, pretty much just that. Provide the documentation or medical records or something, and I'm mm-hmm. sure they can have it removed. Oh, yeah. And it also makes me wonder, like, how accurately they can actually detect exactly. it. You know what I mean? So maybe they could, like, maybe it detects it in your skin, like you're sweating out alcohol or something, or in the air or your stank face. And maybe there's a backup where maybe it opens up a latch and goes, hey, just want to make sure you're all right. Take this breathalyzer. Now, what if you put hand sanitizer in your hands and you touch the steering wheel with the sensors? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not even sure if, like, the same chemical properties is what they're detecting. You know know what I mean? Like, they could be two separate types of, like, Mm. alcohol or something, you know? I don't really know how that technology works. I could poke holes in it all I want, but I still don't know enough about it to really of any merit you know yeah. what i mean yeah but yeah we can make fun of it all day long <laughs> <laughs> nice but all right manny what else we got Alrighty. so the olympics are going on right now as we know and it is taking place as we all know in tokyo japan yeah so lots of big events um and of course tokyo or just in general uh, just in general japan being the center of the world for us anime fans and otaku fans and everything so the one thing that's benefiting the most is Japanese pop culture. And another area that could be the reason why Japanese pop culture is benefiting from the uh, the Olympics is the homages that and the respects that athletes are paying tribute towards anime at the Olympics. Okay. So we had a few Olympic uh, Olympic athletes one was from Greece and she got the gold medal she got the gold medal for uh, I think it was the long jump and her her she basically imitated a Luffy's second gear pose um, I don't know if you know the pose yeah you know what I think I've seen an article of a bunch of Olympians doing different poses yes 
So it's it's interesting how we're seeing Olympi- uh, Olympics or Olympian athletes uh, just paying tribute towards their their love for the anime, just like how we do and everything as well. Yeah. So she did the uh, the second gear for a pose from Luffy in One Piece. Um, there was also the shot putter uh, athlete from the USA that did a uh, Frankie super pose. I don't know if you know that pose either. Uh, that one I do not. Where he kind of like leans his body and he just like puts his forearms like this. I'm, I'm assuming you. I know the. I I know a lot of the f- listeners yeah. that watch anime and probably seen One Piece know what I'm talking about, but I'm just trying to give you a visual representation of what it looks like and everything. Got it. Looks sexy. Thank you. Thank you. Especially since he wears a speedo the whole time. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there's been other um, athletes that have showed a tribute towards, um, like one medalist. Uh, I think it was uh, from an anime called "Is the Order a Rabbit." never seen the anime but again there's there's many other athletes that have yeah. done um just different homages towards anime and the japanese pop culture like video games music all that stuff yeah uh, we had, nobody's done the attack on titan salute oh there i i think i actually saw quite a lot of photos of people doing that oh really yeah uh so we also had like boxing gold medalist senna iri um where she she basically told the press that she was a big and a video game fan and everything so her her goal after she retires from sports and all that stuff, that she wants to like go into a career of video games and all that stuff as well. So I thought that was interesting as well. And now this kind of goes into a big question that I have for you of how we're seeing anime just growing and growing and growing and just spreading more openly throughout the society the public and the world and NSC and everything. So is anime now too mainstream? Interesting. Is it too mainstream? Um, I'm actually going to go with no. And can you give me a reason why? So the reason I say why is because I think it's just not as hidden, right? Mm-hmm. For the longest time, if you didn't know about it or ever heard about it, you didn't you didn't know it. And 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 just to just to add on, I'm not talking about actual mainstreams animes. I'm talking about all of anime just in general. Yeah, and that's why that's actually how I'm addressing it. Just okay. all of anime in general. So if you'd ever knew what anime was, you didn't even know it existed, right? Mm-hmm. At a certain point, you have to know it exists, right? Yes. I think it's gotten to the point where people knows is is exists. But because of how technology is and social media is, it makes it bigger than what it is, mm-hmm. right? We're able to see who actually knows about anime, and, and it blows up in this larger scale, you know yes. what I mean? And I don't think so much that it's that it's basically uh, gone so mainstream that it's everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just more that we're able to see it more often because of how it is, versus yes. when you and me kind of first got introduced to anime, we were both a lot younger Technology was there, but it wasn't as, you know, widespread as it is now as far as, like, spreading, you know, just spreading information and what we're seeing visually all the time. Mm -hmm. So, now, is it bigger than it used to be? Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. But I wouldn't say it's mainstream. Mm -hmm. I think it's big enough now to where most people, and not even all people can differentiate anime from a cartoon now. Yeah, that is true. But I wouldn't call it mainstream yet. 
I'm gonna have to say no, but I have some experiences that would probably contradict it a little bit. I'm not too sure how they can contradict it. It's kind of a weird situation for me. But another reason why I would say no, that anime is not too mainstream. And this was actually brought up when when we went to when I went to Any Manga uh, a few uh, a couple of weeks ago, where we had a very big discussion about how is anime just too big now? Where back then anime people anime fans like us would be ridiculed by our like classmates or like people from school and, and just other people or other people our age and stuff and now anime is just so cool and everything and just so popular and everything everybody's just like into it and like back then those same people were the ones that ridiculed most anime fans back then and everything but they probably wouldn't have gotten ridiculed if they weren't doing weird shit like fucking naruto running <laughs> <laughs> We'll see also, though, too, like, so when you say back then, right? Yes. So the people who did ridicule and stuff back then, most of them still don't watch anime. I've, I've, kind of, I've actually met a lot of people that never watched anime back then, like how we used to, uh, back when we were at a younger age. And now they're, like, all into it, especially at this point. I mean, kudos to them, because I would love to have them watch more anime, because... I like it, and I would like to have more people watch it, honestly. Yeah. So one of the reason why I would also say uh, that anime is not mainstream is because all the anime that's being shown are like the that everybody knows of, especially not the ones that like, not to the level of knowledge like us, especially, where we know more hidden gem animes than they do. Don't give me too much credit, Manny. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You've seen more older animes that these guys have never seen to the uh, that I've gotten into anime these days that they don't know about, and they'll probably talk shit on it. Oh, it's like, oh, it's shitty artwork. All this it looks it's, it looks old or anything. Poor animation, all that stuff. It's like, well, of course, it was at that time where technology wasn't there to give us the animation we have today, the works we have today, the audio we have today, and everything. Um, one of the animes that I can think of is like my all-time fave would be Elfin Lied. It might catch some people interest today, but it might not catch their interest because of the artwork and everything else. True, true that, true that. So again, yeah, I would say, like I said, it's not mainstream to where everybody now is just watching like the bigger, big name animes. But like, there's so much countless anime that they don't know about yet. All right, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, if anything. I think it could stand to grow a little bit more. Yes. That doesn't mean uh <laughs> that doesn't mean the convention should be taking advantage and overselling the events. Uh cuz yeah, that that that's a big deterrent for me personally, but I think it could grow a little bit more cuz a part of me a part of me just wants to write a proposal to every convention to get them to have built in to build a security post like those metal detectors that they use at, like, airports and stuff, but instead of uh, using it for, like, metal detection, just to spray deodorant on people. <laughs> Million-dollar idea, Manny. Just just for con- weeb conventions, honestly. Yep. Honestly, anywhere in public, bro. If there's a big old crowd, I don't want to be in it because there's always somebody walking around with B.O. Mm-hmm. Just not anywhere anywhere mm-hmm. with big crowds <laughs> and i can give i can give two shits about people claiming discrimination about their body odors like fuck your body odor that's just disgusting yeah that's gross <laughs> <laughs> but 
But yeah, that that's what I wanted to ask. Like, what was your idea about anime if it's being too mainstream, honestly? No, I mean, besides the overcrowding at cons, I'd like to see it grow bigger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The more people in, just like, a, it's just kind of like a, how I mentioned about locally, right? Mm-hmm. Support your local car shops, performance shops, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, because if you want local events to happen, you got to support those that support your hobby. Definitely. And the more of us there are to support this side of the hobby, the more it's going to keep growing and giving us what we want, right? Exactly. We wouldn't get it in movie theaters, right? Yes. Do you remember how hard it was to find U.S. theaters playing certain anime or OVAs or whatever uh, from dude, Japan? It, it's extremely hard. It's very hard, right? So the more popular it gets, the more consumerism there is for mm-hmm. it out here, and the easier it will be to access it out here. I mean, like like how you just said, like how hard it was. Uh, the, when they localized, or when, when like, let's say for an instance, Eleven Arts. Eleven Arts is like a distributor uh, for anime movies and works and everything. And they were able to get the rights to, to uh, showcase the Naruto movies. But the only place I was able to, uh, well, I was able to get the tickets, but the only place I was able to watch them was the independent theater in downtown LA. Ooh. So uh, that's like an example of what you just said earlier. Yeah, and that's what I mean. The the more consumerism we have for it, the more accessibility we're going to get to mm-hmm. it because they're going to want it. You know, it's capitalism, right? They're yes. going to want to keep making money off of it because there's a larger crowd for it. There's a larger customer base for it. Exactly. It'll make it that much more easier for me to not be in a crowded theater with a bunch of smelly weebs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just, just, just get a, like an aerosol can and just throw it somewhere. See if it explodes and sprays them down. Hey, you know what? I, you know, slightly behind, uh, behind the scenes. You know, we were talking about possibly attending a convention as some sort of exhibitor of some sort, right? Yeah, we're just. I mean, we were talking about it, but we're still trying to wrap our heads around how we can make it work. We buy a shit ton of travel size deodorants and put our sticker on them. Ooh. Let's go. <laughs> yes. We won't get any listeners that way, but <laughs> I mean, we might start a like a movement towards I am for starting this movement. <laughs> be all awareness. But yes. I'm down with it. All right, good. We'll, we'll look into it. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. And that's pretty much it. So my next headline and topic that I want to talk about uh, is Bleach actually came back for a short minute. Short minute. Yeah. So the creator of Bleach, uh, Tita Kubo, actually came out with a 73-page one-shot new chapter manga showcasing Bleach like year, a few years, quite a few years later in the future after the end of the, of the final chapter of the, the manga, the official manga. And it was just basically a just a one shot uh, closure. Closure, honestly. Um, it introduced a lot of stuff and just a lot of interesting new ways that a new story could be brought into. Just like how the Boruto movie started the whole uh, the Boruto Next Generation series. Okay. So some a lot of fans are speculating. Oh, could could this mean that we're gonna see the next generation of Shinigamis and the Bleach Society happening and stuff? Because um, in the manga for Bleach, 
the official chapter, the light, the latest chap, the last chapter, it did show Ruki and Renji having the child, and it also showed Ichigo and Inoue um, with a child as well, and their child becoming uh, also becoming a, a soul reaper, a Shinigami, and as well, of course, Renji and and uh, Rukia are already Shinigamis regardless, and they're a child, so their child's going to become a Shinigami as well. So it could just spark a new generation of an, another generation series. Spin-off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. So this, uh, this, this one-shot chapter is actually going to be sh- showcased in the... Um, trying to look up the date real quick, but the weekly Shonen Jump that is usually released a, a weekly in Japan and stuff... But in Japan's time, which will be actually, well, actually, was today. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was just released today. So officially, tomorrow is when we'll see it. If we get the chance, because it's most likely they'll have it, the weekly Shonen Jump uh, magazine or book on sale. You can buy it if you want. I've done that, especially for the last chapter for uh, Naruto Shippuden. Um, and I bought it and had it shipped over to the uh, overseas so I can have my weekly Shonen Jump with the latest issue of uh, Naruto Shippuden where it officially ends and everything. And people can do that too or they can wait for it when it becomes localized and translated to English. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's exciting news. People are still trying to understand when they're going to give us a time confirmed date for the next installment of bleach for the final arc in the, the animation anime side. yes yeah, in yeah. the anime side so no news yet but this is still a big step for a lot of people that are just happy to know the year that this also marks the 20th anniversary of bleach dang has it been 20 years it's been 20 you? years Damn. it's been 20 years so people knew that tito kuba was probably gonna do something for the 20th anniversary and he gave us this one shot manga um, people are uh, everybody's still happy and everything. They just still want to know when can we see a, an announcement for the confirmation of the the animation. All right, nice. Mm-hmm. And for my last headline that I have right now would be Crunchyroll has finally been completed in the acquisition by Sony and Funimation. Finally, damn. Yeah, so, I mean, how long has that been? We've been waiting for an update on that. Oh, dude, it's been a couple months. Has it? Yeah, I kinda, I, so. I, I feel like it's been, like, close to, like, more than half a year, maybe. Yeah, at the very least, at the mm-hmm. very least. Yeah, so the, the final purchase price was $1.175 billion in cash at closing. So with that and everything else... Uh, the previous owner, the, or the former owner, was AT and T, and they plan to use this uh, purchase ca- uh, this purchase amount to be u- used towards debt, in hopes to for for efforts to reduce their debt. Which is a smart move, honestly, but that's up to them, honestly. However, um, as this was uh, this was actually announced today. I've been seeing a lot, and of course, in my end, I would also disagree, but there's a lot of just negativity towards Crunchyroll being under Funimation now. Not, a, I mean, not a lot of people really like Funimation. I mean, Funimation is a big uh, streaming service, uh, retail service, and everything for anime and all that stuff. 
uh, just like Crunchyroll and everything, but not too many people are fond of Funimation. All right, all right. Uh, they, I mean, they just really. Um, there, there's a lot of things that just make them that I that I don't think I can get into detail because there's just too many reasons why people can get mad at. Me personally, I just think that on the retail side, they just really overprice everything. Whereas, comparison to Crunchyroll, when I see their prices, I just see them more reasonable. Okay, so do you think that Funimation will lower prices to match Crunchyroll? Who knows? Or will Crunchyroll raise prices to match Funimation? Who knows? Um, another another issue that they got some backlash is that if there's an anime series that Funimation has rights to, and if someone were to take a screenshot of a specific scene in the anime and post it, like let's say post it on Twitter and like, give it a caption, make like a funny, witty remark or like announce it. Or like, holy shit, did you guys see this shit? Or make a meme. <laughs> or make a meme and stuff. And that there has been reports of Funimation actually sending cease and desist letters to people for doing that. Oh, just wow. for just for sharing a screenshot of the anime. Yeah. And I think I did hear about some people's accounts being blocked or uh, banned. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah, I do remember the whole kick they had with... Uh I believe even sending letters to to people with Atashas, right? Yes, the Atasha owners. They did try to go after some of the Atasha owners, but like they couldn't really win because the, the, the stronger argument always wins when it comes to situations like that. And the argument was basically these guys aren't making money off the design. They actually paid money out of their own pocket. No one paid them to put this design on their car. Yeah, it's it's fan art. It's basically fan art. It falls under fair usage. Exactly. Fair usage. Especially since they're paying out of their own pocket to put this onto their car. They're not having someone else put it on there and getting paid to do it. Yeah. So technically, Funimation couldn't do shit, even though they try to do cease and desist letters. Yeah, and that's just weird attacking your fans. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and that's just weird. That's one of the. That's another one of the major reasons why people don't like Funimation is that they attack the fandom. But yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that that's kind of shitty, but I'm still kind of hoping that they do a nice big merger, share licensing rights. I I do hope for that because I do want to see. Around. I do want to see complete series, not season series. Exactly, complete series, and stop bouncing around from app to app to app. Mm-hmm. And just kind of have something a bit more complete of a library going. Exactly. And and again, this all kind of goes back to helping grow the community, right? Mm-hmm. If they can get that big, kind of big machine moving a little bit better, they're going to have more availability, and that'll bring more people in. Exactly. All right. But we'll just have to see how this plays out now that Crunchyroll has been finalizing the acquisition. Sweet. Yeah, well, it was a long time coming. And... Uh, we got one more. Yes, so GTA Los Santos Tuners. Yeah, so this is going to be a big update for uh, GTA 5. GTA 5 or GTA Online? Well, GTA Online. Okay. Um, and apparently it's going to be uh, GTA Online is going to be available for its as its own download really soon. What like its mean? own independent game. Oh, okay. So you know, normally it's linked to GTA Five. Yeah, you just put in the disc, it downloads the game software and everything, and you can play the game 
and access the online uh, portion of it. Yeah, so this time it seems that uh, they're actually going to be releasing GTA Online as its own ind- standalone game. Huh. Okay. That's going to be for Xbox X, S, PS5, and PC. Okay. So that's pretty cool that they're finally kind of like separating it as its own, meaning more than likely they'll expand on it and sell packs and whatnot later in the future, right? Mm-hmm. At least that's from what I get from it, yeah. right? Rather than creating a whole brand new game series, maybe. But yeah, they, they have this new, basically, expansion. It's going to be um, Los Santos Tuners. Now, the whole thing, you know, there is a big online community for this fucking game. <laughs> there really is. Um, for how long it's been out. Yeah, the, the, the car community is actually pretty big with all the street racing, the racing, the mini car meets that they make in the in the game and everything. Yeah, and those are just like player organized. The the Itashas that we see on this stuff and everything. And I do remember, I'm trying to remember something. Uh, shit. Uh, no, I just had a brain fart. Good continue. <laughs> I, I, I've been having a stroke this whole damn recording. All right. Well, but that's all player driven, right? Mm-hmm. That's all player driven that found a niche of fucking around in the game with the cars right so they're marketing on it they're they're gonna go ahead and actually make it an actual part of the game meaning they're gonna they created a whole new arc with set missions and everything that's gonna go with you know obviously it's gta so it's gonna get set up for like a heist and everything right okay but they're gonna actually have ls car meets organized by one of the um npcs mm-hmm and these will actually be full-blown car meets, uh, no kill zone, so you're not going to have randos going in there to fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah. These are going to be full no kill zones set up with actual parking for all the cars and actually have displays going on so like other people can watch you mod the car if you're mm. actually doing some crazy stuff to it, you know? And they're even going to be releasing like... Uh, prize cars, right? So they're going to have like little competitions. They're going to run different race series for competitions that earns points and cash towards buying this car or getting this car as a prize. If it's the Yugo, I'm all in. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, they do have also, with this, they're also adding new cars. Mm. And for anybody that's ever played the game, they know that everything is fictional. Every car, every manufacturer, all that shit's all fictional in there, right? It's all fictional, but... But, like, you can kind of look at them and be like, Hey, I know what that car is. Hey, hey that, that's a Celica GT4. Exactly. Which exactly. has become the meta recently for the street races in the GT Online. Really? Yes. Did not know that. I just learned that. Okay. Well, this uh, new pack is going to add a bunch of new cars. Okay. So that's actually one of the things about it, too. They're adding a ton, a ton of new cars. Everything from some um, something that looks like a BMW. I see one that looks like an FD, one that looks like a Porsche. Does it have the buck tooth? I don't see a buck tooth. So it already looks... I think so, GTA already did a better job. So it's not a BMW. <laughs> they have one that looks like the uh, the new Supra. Okay. And they have one that even looks like the Datsun 510. Ooh. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. (laughs) 
So it, it's actually super cool. Like, I think uh, from from what I kind of looked up on it, it looks like it still has one of the largest communities that still actively play the game. Like, Fortnite would, or like Call of Duty holds on to. You know what I mean? I mean, don't, I mean, if we look at it, how big GTA has been since the beginning, it has just grown exponentially, and the things you can do, the mods you can do, the countless options of heists that you can do and everything. Yeah. Ooh, that is nice. They have, obvi- I think these were already pre-existing, but the ones that look like the 350Z, R32s, Miatas, FDs, NDs. S2000. <laughs> this reminds me when someone made a fan video using GTA sequences uh, and making it seem like if we're going to get uh, a remastered uh, Need for Speed Underground game. And then, they, <laughs> and then everybody just started, oh, this is from GTA. It was like, fuck. They got you. They did. They, they got, got a lot of people. <laughs> I thought it was funny because like, it's like, how could you not tell? I mean, the NPCs just make it so obvious how they're acting. Maybe. But it seems like a cool little addition. It might even bring me back to playing it again. It might bring me back, too. Yeah. Because I only play the story mode. I've never played the online feature. I never really messed around with the online feature either, to be honest. Exactly. So this might be something I would be into, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of like a really... I know it's arcadey as fuck, but like just a casual thing to get back into it, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing. And, I mean, with any hope, uh, it seems like GTA at least recognizes there's a market for the car enthusiasts. You know what I mean? Because mm. that's really what this was geared around. Like, everything they introduced from the car meets to a car show to competitive racing on it. Do we do we have a uh, any dates or information of when this could be going into effect? It's actually already out. It was released uh, last month. Oh, okay. So we can probably look into this, actually, if it's already out. And in the meantime, we can have fun with it, see how it goes, in preparation of waiting for Forza Horizon 5. Very true, very true. And it is free. It's a free update if you already own GTA 5. Update or expansion. Or expansion, I'm sorry. It's a free expansion if you already own GTA 5. Ooh, okay. So, yeah, it looks like I'm going to be doing some gaming again. <laughs> I mean, this will be like just some, just some killing time if I'm getting tired. Well, I am playing Genshin more often, so this could be like a breather for me to take an hour, like a few hour breaks on my weekends. I mean, I think GTA, GTA has always been one of those games that's just super casual. You just jump in and have some fun and then oh, yeah, jump yeah. off, you know? Yeah. There's, it's not really one of those games, at least I never really took it serious, like I had to go through the story mode and finish everything, like, it was always nice to just kind of break, do whatever you want, mm-hmm. wreak some havoc, race some cars, oh, do whatever, you know, explore, and then go back to, you know, getting serious gaming going. Oh yeah, this, like I said, this would be like some great way to kill some time and have fun with it while we wait for Forza Horizon 5. Definitely, definitely. But all right, Manny, you know, I think with that, I think we got an episode. Yes. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find us? Yeah, you can definitely find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at UnacceptedPod. And we do have a website at UnacceptedPod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. 
You think anybody listens past this point that listens regularly? Uh, who knows? I think as soon as I say that's an episode, they might cut it off. Let us know if you're still listening. If if you listen to this part, send me a, give me a give me a signal on IG. <laughs> there we go. So there so we so go. we know that you are a listener, right? <laughs> but anyways, if you have any questions, want to get in contact with us, send a death threat. You can email us at unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we'll see everybody next Wednesday. Johnny.